Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Hey, and I'm joined here with the uh, Spanish channel of uh, the World Cup. You got to move the mic closer to you. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm joined by the Spanish channel That's of the a, World isn't Cup. That, isn't that a big difference? It is a big difference. Sounds like we've been doing this for two years. <laughs> hey, I mean, I don't have the, I think I need that thing to make mine sound like this mm. when I record at home. Yeah, we are, we are actually recording like right next to each other this time. Uh, almost like a, we're almost like preparing for um, for the convention. It's like a, it's like a warm up. It's like a friendly, <laughs> the podcast warm up. Yeah, we it's and it almost feels like we're in a. It's this would be the closest thing if we ever if we ever um, blew up, and we're able to put like a studio together, like a podcasting studio. We were recording a studio on a weekly basis, something like that. We'd have the TV like we have right now on. Yeah, it'd be like a man cave. Yeah, we got we got the Argentinian channel on here. The bar, yeah, yeah sure. Make that look cool. We got we got some dogs laying on the on yeah, a couch, named after famous soccer players. Or just only one. The other just one, Tevez and Mumford. Oh, Mumford. <laughs> yeah, Mumford. <laughs> no famous, no famous soccer player named yeah. Mumford. <laughs> well, that's like me too, right? I got Carly and Troy. So we got Carly, Carly and Tevez could be part of the podcast. Yeah, there you go. Mumford and Troy would have to go somewhere else. As the two older ones, yeah. Well, they would probably just be sleeping anyway. <laughs> That's true. Uh, um, so yeah, so we um, we are now uh, an hour. Or what is it? A day, one day, twenty three hours, ten minutes, and twenty four seconds away from the World Cup final. Um, as uh, as I look at the countdown on the Argentinian channel that I have on the TV currently, um, and the final is. Uh, Argentina, final. Argentina, oh, Argentina. They made the final. Argentina against France in the didn't final. Even, didn't even know that, man. Yeah. Um, they must have snuck in there. Well, so when we last left off last week, <laughs> there was probably 16 teams still in the World Cup. <laughs> there was 16 teams still in the World Cup. We were just finishing um, the group stage games. Really? No, we weren't. No, 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 no. no, no. I've been back from Florida. No, 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 because no. I was back from Florida. No, I'm and kidding. The US went around no, I'm kidding. We we had eight teams left last 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 okay. Friday. Okay, yeah, because the games have dramatically slowed down. Yeah, no, uh, last Friday we had we had eight teams left. So we had Croatia, Brazil, uh, Croatia winning and beating Brazil, and PKs, and PKs. Yep, the PK team. Um, we had Argentina beating the Netherlands, also in PKs, uh, in a record breaking game of of uh, yellow cards. Yeah, that was that was rough. I was watching that at the Green Turtle. Yeah, uh, you 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 still got to move your just move your microphone down. Just no, no, just tilt it down. This is just like live. There you go. That's better. Oh boy, now it's just like no, oh, oh what is of, it? Yeah, that used to be in front of microphones. Um, and then Morocco beating Portugal the next day on Saturday. Santos out. And then uh, England losing to France two to one on Saturday. So uh, both games on Friday decided by PKs, both games on, um, sorry, both games on Friday decided by PKs, both games on Saturday decided by a one goal difference. So my bracket was busted a long time ago. Yeah, so was mine. Uh, I'm not even looking at it anymore. My final four teams didn't even make it out of the round of, didn't even qualify some of them. Yeah, I had I had Belgium. <laughs> I had Belgium making it to the final. I had Germany, USA in the final. Um, Rematch. Yeah. Um, so, Argentina 
beating Croatia 3-0 in the semifinals on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, Mor- uh, France beating Morocco 2-0. Um, it, I, honestly, at this point, I, I would love to talk about the Croatia-Morocco game. We're going to talk about both because I think we owe our viewers an opportunity to talk about both. Um, Croatia-Morocco, it's going to go 120 minutes because um, that's the way Croatia is going to play. They're going to... They're going to drag you out for 120 minutes if they can do it again, or they might have tired legs because I think they've probably played the equivalent of an extra match. Yeah. Just by playing, going in extra time in three matches. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it should be a good, I think that's a decent, I mean, it's a good third place game. They could go either way. Yeah. I mean, I if think- it goes into the 120th minute, Croatia's the favorite. If it ends in 90 minutes, Morocco took care of business. Yeah, I, I think it'll depend um, on what happens with the lineup, right? So if you look at it, who's got more to gain, who's got more to lose, right? Um, so I think we can agree that Morocco obviously has more to gain. Absolutely. Um, I don't know that they can gain anything. I think they've... Yeah, I, I think... Mean, you, I, I mean, you, third place kind of puts the puts the topping on the ice cream, right? Like, right, puts the chair on top there. Period. There you go. <laughs> I think that's what you were going for. Um, but I also think that Croatia probably doesn't, um, not that they don't care about the game, but it's not a game that to them is going to make or break their legacy. No, absolutely. You went to the final last go around. Yep. And then you make it to the third, like you're the most slept on team in the world. Like nobody ever says, Croatia, Croatia, Croatia. Like it's always France, Germany, Spain, you know, US, Mexico. It's always the big countries. Argentina. It's always the big countries. Hold on a second. You put US and Mexico on that list of big countries to make a Brazil or World Cup semifinal? Yeah. I don't think so. Check the stats. We we're we've gotten to the final or the semifinal more recently than other countries. Who? The US. The US, the U.S. made the World Cup semifinal? Or, sorry, the quarterfinal. I was going to say. <laughs> sorry. 4, 8, 12, 16. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that. I mean, I think I think Croatia is one of those countries, um, much like Belgium and the Netherlands, for example, that's on the, you would call it the second tier of the elite countries. Yet the last two World Cups, they've clearly managed to, I think, I think it's, I think it's just, I think it's, it's that mid. It's just like basketball. It's that mid-major team. It's that team that's always in the tournament. Yeah, they're very consistent. They they know they go in. They set a goal. They know what they're gonna do. They you've all the know same each co- other. You've had the same coach for a long time. It's the same coach. It's a brotherhood. They've all probably grown up in the system together. Like it's not like, oh, is Luca coming or look like no Luca's coming. You know, uh, Kovacic is coming. That uh, center back with the Batman mask, he's like, they know who's coming. Like, there's no speculate. It wasn't like a big roster reveal like the U.S., right? Like, who's so coming, who's I coming. think that'll be the that'll be the telltale sign, right? Like, is Modric going to play in this game or not? Um, if he doesn't, I think it tells you what, what Croatia, how much Croatia potentially cares about this game. I mean, I think he plays. Is he going to get ready for Real Madrid? No, I just looked at the fact that like the way he the way he left the field against Argentina, um, it just looked like it, it looked like somebody that was was done at that point. 
but he was done. Like he's been working. No, I mean I don't. Don't get me wrong. Like the, even the Argentinian fans clapped for him because I thought I thought I mean I think he he had a moment in a in a counterattack off a corner kick or a free kick or something like that where he ran all the way back to his own 18 and cleared a ball out with his head that I thought was just like unreal for somebody at 37 years old to do that. I am a Ballon d'Or winner. I am tired. And, yeah. I have, and, and since I'm a Ballon d'Or winner, and I played against another Ballon d'Or winner multiple times. I'm tired. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. Um, help me. <laughs> help me help more. you. Do you know any more itches that can come play and help me? <laughs> Guess what? You're going to play against one in Morocco. Uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did you get how did you get to Morocco? You're an itch. Um yeah, I mean I think I think it'll be a really good game. I Must think it'll be I mean, I think Morocco proved that I think it's a different game altogether if France doesn't score five minutes into the game. I think France scoring five minutes into the game changes the dynamic of that game completely, uh, turns it on its head, and it 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 throws any sort of idea out the window that you had for a 90 minute game. I mean, yeah, you could say the same thing for the U.S. That's why we lost. Because our itch didn't score two minutes into the game. Sure. Yeah. You, yeah. The game. Yeah. Um, Something about them itches, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but but I think France, I think Morocco, you know, even though they lost 2 nothing against France, I think Morocco showed showed France's vulnerabilities. Um, I think they showed that as a country, um, they found consistency. I think the only thing that they struggled with is in the final third. I thought they just got nervous and couldn't finish chances. Um, but realistically, France is the first team to score on them. Yeah. I mean, not giving up a goal <clears throat> to that point is... I mean, they had given up a goal, but it was an own goal. Yeah. I mean, but like, again, not giving up a goal. Well, one, when you think about goals, one, not giving up a goal in the run at play. Yeah. Up to that point is amazing. Seeing the opponents that they played yeah. and faced. Um, that's amazing. Um, two, to get into the the uh round of eight and finally get scored on by a different team like you got through a knockout stage without getting scored like that's an incredible like most teams even those big countries don't even make that happen so there's only been there they became the fourth country to ever reach a they've become the fourth african nation to ever reach a world cup uh quarterfinal and they became the first african nation to ever reach a world cup semifinal which this is a team that lost the Arab Cup of Nations one nothing or whatever it was to Algeria. Uh, that didn't make that loss in the semifinals or quarterfinals of the African Cup of Nations. Um, so the, obviously it's a team that... that uh, now granted, this was with the different coaching staff, which that was a big change that the players asked for was to get a different coach coming into um, this, this World Cup. Um, so I think it'll be, it'll be a really interesting game. I think for the other game, uh, as I'm choosing to call it, uh, the other game, the final, um, I think it'll be You're going down for the celebration. Yeah, I'm leaving for Argentina uh, Sunday afternoon. This guy booked a flight as soon as he saw they were going to the final. He's there for the celebration. He's nah, there for the party. No, nah, I booked a flight six months ago, my friend. Uh, he was calling it six months ago. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Um, I think it'll be a. I think it'll be a game. It'll be a battle of the PSG forwards. Yeah, I think it's just gonna be a tactical. 
it's going to be who reads the playbook the best, right? Who who sees it the best, who can out coach or out tactically set themselves up the best. No one denies that both countries have unreal talents, firepower. Um they're both coming in for the first time ever in a World Cup. Both coming in with um four players that could in theory be the golden boot winners of the World Cup going into the final. You have Messi and uh, Mbappe both with five goals apiece. You have Julian Alvarez and Olivier Giroud with four goals apiece each. So That's any true. of them, any of them, any of them could could win the Ballon d'Or or the Golden Boot. Um, the first time in history that's ever happened. Antoine Griezmann has been playing lights out. Antoine Griezmann has been playing as like an eight and a six, and like it's he, he, and looks good. Yeah, doing looks, it. looks good doing it. And I think that's a credit to him because you know he could also go and say like, listen, like this is what I like. Obviously, his his um thing with his club situation at the beginning of the year was tough where he had could only come in after the 60th minute but that was out of his control right that's that's yeah. where the business side comes into it but i think for him it's big that he can um you know say hey look this is the role i need to play for my team like hey you guys are you guys are better than me like or you're bigger than me you're, you you fit this role i can play this role like that's yeah. that's big for him to be able to do that because a lot of times on the national team stage you don't see that yeah you don't like you don't see Messi saying, well, when Maradona coached him, you saw him probably play more of a 10 role so they can have other players play around him or play more in the midfield to create. But like you don't really see that from like the stars. Yeah, I mean, I think so ultimately you have you have players now that are that are again accepting the roles that they're given. Um, you have an Argentinian national team that hasn't that has yet to have the same starting 11 in the tournament. Um, it hasn't happened. You know who's been the starting who's been the starting 11 every time? Who? McAllister. He has been. McAllister. <laughs> That's Danny's boy. He that is Danny's boy. Uh yeah, former Delaware or not goodness. Former oh, Bo- man, he, he kicked him out of the podcast, Dan. For, he for, kicked you off the podcast, former, former Delaware. No, I don't know. Uh McAllister, former Boca Juniors player, um, currently plays for Brighton. I was in the process of potentially leaving Brighton. And then they like, they're like, he's like, no, I want to stick it out. I want to get some confidence in. And the last like couple months before leading up to World Cup, he's been like killing it. I mean, hey, look, Dan will be your agent. He's got a guy, he's got a contact at the Philadelphia Union. He's, he's got said, a, come. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think I might be slightly below him. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think Argentina has shown now all 20 three field players have gone in. Um, and then they've shown now that anybody can come in and, and play. Um, they've also shown the fact that this team is as committed as, or probably more so than any other national Argentinian national team that I've personally seen in my 35 years of existence. Well, I think they all know. I mean, I think they know that, you know, you, you got to look around and say, Messi is the biggest thing in our country. He's come out and said this is our, his last World Cup, and you know we're part. It's almost like a it's like a Michael Jordan thing, right? It's we're part of that team that's got to support him, and he'll carry us, but we've got to be there to support him, right? Well, I think that's the big thing, right? They call him the captain, um, like legitimately, that's what they call him, and so every call him, sir, 
everything, everything. They're like, listen, if he's going to do this, then I have to do this. I have to play my part. Or I have to do this, right? Like, um, the Paul is basically his like bodyguard. Anytime someone does try, try to do something to him, he's right behind him trying to fight that person or whatever it is. Like, so I think, I think that's what, that's what, um, that's what this, this national team currently has that it, it makes them, it makes them extremely, extremely strong from a mental standpoint. Um, you know, you, you have the loss against Saudi Arabia in the first game. It's a tough loss. Um, but as I told you right after it happened, if I'm going to lose a game in the world cup, I'll lose the first one. Yeah. I'll, I'll, first, I'll take losing the first one. It, it gets you. I mean, we, we talked, I mean, it kind of contradicts what we said at the beginning of the world cup. You don't want to lose your first game, right? You don't, but, you don't but I think for Argentina, it woke them up and said, yeah, we got to. We, we well, gotta you were going into, you were going into, you were going into that, that game with a 36 unbeaten, 36 game unbeaten streak that you knew wasn't going to, wasn't, you weren't going to make 43, right? For like, it just seemed like an unrealistic number to get to. So again, if you're going to break that streak and start a new one, might as well start it then. Yeah, but I think I think Messi is going to write his. I mean, he's going to write his legacy as like Jordan. Like I have, you rarely see Messi come back and defend. In that Croatia game, he was coming back and defending. Yeah, I think there was there was a lot that happened. I think I think the the Netherlands game. I think I think you saw two different two different Messi's, two different two different Ar- eras, <laughs> two different Argentinian national teams in, in both in the Netherlands game and then the Croatia game. I think the the Netherlands game. It was a game. It's a rematch of the um, of the 2014 semifinals. Um, same coach for the Netherlands, um, Louis. Going into the game, there was a lot of talk from the Netherlands Netherlands team. A lot of talk. Van going like even going back to Van Gaal saying previous years ago that. When Messi, when Argentina doesn't have the ball and Messi's on the field, Argentina's playing with 10, um, like because he doesn't defend. Um, uh, going into the idea that, like, oh, we're going to go to PKs. It's not a problem. We we have an advantage going to the PKs and all that other stuff. I mean, we can, we can stop there. Yeah, you're playing with 10 when you defend with Messi. But when you, when you hit that counterattack, you're already a number, he, he's already attacking you and number up because he's already beat the first player. Or the Aries beat, but two even players but even that pass. right. Like I think I just think the way that the way that mentally the entire national team, Emiliano Martinez, the goalkeeper for Argentina, took a video, took a screen cap of Van Gaal saying we have an advantage on PKs, and showed it like the screen captured to his uh, psychologist, so that way they could use that he's like he basically his quote was i took the screen capture and i sent it to my psychologist and he said he lit the dynamite like like he's he lit he lit the fuse. yeah you don't like he, and that's something you don't you don't want to wake you know you don't want to wake a sleeping giant and that's what messi said mess so martinez goes to messi and messi goes don't worry about it man i'm gonna score two of them two on them today like which is why when messi scores a pk uh, against the Netherlands, um, he goes and does the puts his hands over his ear on oh, like behind his ears, right at the same angle as the Netherlands bench. Like, listen to this, and this is a messy that we normally don't see. We don't see the not not arrogant, but we don't see the the confrontational Messi because yeah. Messi is somewhat low key to a certain extent. And everyone now, not that it's a comparison, but everyone now. 
equated that to what Maradona used to do or what he did in 86 with the Argentina national team where he took a lot of the heat and he like put himself in a he put himself in a situation to take on more than just the game. Right. Right. After the game, Messi goes and says something to Van Gaal. In the press conference, the number 19, the guy that the guy that scored the two goals for the Netherlands, comes over and says something to Messi as like he tries to say that. And Messi goes, No, go over there, dummy. Like he literally like in in Argent in Spanish, but using a very Argentinian phrase of basically calling him a dummy. He could have used any other word in the yeah. vocabulary, but like a very Argentinian word, like a very Argentinian phrase that now became viral. Right. People are gonna make t-shirts out of it. Um and then and then same same Van Gaal says he, you know, he plays pretty soccer and you know he's a creator of this, creator of that, but he ends up launching balls to just tall players at the end of the game, right? Like criticizing the fact that like he's supposed to be this magical soccer. He is more magical than anybody on the Netherlands national team. We will go on record and we can look at it and you can argue better than any player in the Netherlands national team. So if you're going to make a statement like that, you got to have someone that's better. They don't have anybody that's better or even close in the same conversation. France, on the other hand, has players that you can argue in that conversation, especially with Mbappe. But yeah, but I, but I don't, but I think, but I think the sentiment is that if like, especially because it's somewhat contradictory to what Berholder said, right? Berholder says that the reason why the Netherlands beats the U.S. is because they have Memphis Depay, who's one of the best forwards in the world, and because he's a Champions League scoring machine. Yet the entire Netherlands national team is then like minimized to the idea of just launching balls to six foot four forwards <laughs> or Virgil van Dijk. <laughs> Greg Berhalter was outcoached. He and was. I think, he... I think he has to accept that. I think he has to look at that. And I think he has, if he ends up coming back, he has something to prove. Um, we can shift the topic to Greg Berhalter. If they do renew his contract, he's a hundred percent got something to prove after the Gio Reyna leak. Um, I can also see the U.S. saying we're good. We're good. I mean, like, you got to think about it. Like, he he's built up the generation. He's built up the player pool. He's got what U.S. soccer wants. I can also see them saying we're going to get somebody better because now the expectation is, okay, we got to the round of 16. We got out of the group. We found, you know, 26 players that can go into the World Cup. We've identified 40 players that can potentially help us go to the next World Cup. Now we need someone that's going to say, who's the next, who's our squad, right? We brought in a ton of, we probably brought in like over 50 players for the qualifying, right? Between qualifying and to the World Cup and that player pool. Now the question is for the next World Cup, we don't have to qualify, but who becomes those staple players that are in every so, single? Well, two things for that. Um, one, do you think the U.S. is better than Spain? Or England. I mean, they're better than. I mean, they're even with England. We didn't lose. Okay. <laughs> um, and I don't know about Spain. I mean, they can compete with Spain at the best. I can tell you that. And preview from history, when Spain was the best in the world, we beat them, and we can compete with them. I think the U.S. can compete with anybody on any day if they 
game plan it the right way, they might not be the dominant team. Because that's what I think. That's not that not that that's the that's the benchmark, but that's potentially the comparison, right? You have two two national teams that probably I mean, maybe England obviously making it to the quarterfinals, losing to France. Um but realistically you have two teams that underperformed right at this World Cup, right? With young players. Right. Right. Maybe England maybe somewhat older at times, but realistically young players, right? Bakaya Saka, Phil Foden starting. Um so you you uh Jude Bellingham well, you got to argue that England has young players that start and play at the biggest clubs in the world. But that's my point, right? Same thing with Spain, right? Spain starting a very young squad in the majority of the games. So that's my point, right? The U.S. also starting a very young squad, maybe slightly older than Spain. Um, but our best player doesn't start at his own club. <laughs> but that's my point, right? Like if if those clubs underperformed and they reached what they reached what's left for the u.s at that point right like that's my like like we can say that like it's it's we have the the best generation in a long time and all that other stuff they now have a world cup under them if next to the 2026 world cup and this is my second point what my worry is is that you don't have to qualify for the world cup yeah so you're somewhat complacent well not even that you don't have anywhere to play you have open dates that you, I think that I think that you've got to be creative. But that's a problem. That's a problem that all South American countries had. So, so during World Cup qualifications, if you have open, if you have open dates, um, all of Europe's the majority of the European countries are all playing in either the Conference League or their own or the Euro qualifiers or now the World Cup qualifiers, right? So you they have three different competitions that they're going to play between now and twenty twenty six. Right. They're going to play in three different competitions. So you're not getting a match against, you're not getting a match against an England. You're not getting a match against a Spain. You're not getting a match against anybody except for second to third tier. Call Morocco. No, but you're not getting a third. You're not getting, you're going to get third tier uh, European competition. Like you're going to get a Norway. You're going to get an Iceland. You, you, you know, you might get a Ukraine. You're gonna get somebody like that. Now Ukraine almost made it to the World Cup, and maybe there's, there's yeah, but you're not gonna play the best of the best. You're not gonna get that. I know I see what you're saying. I mean, I guess that that makes the summers leading up to the World Cup bigger, right? This gold cup, it can't be let's bring in the MLS guy or let's bring in these guys. That's my point, right? You but you're also in- not gonna get the you're not gonna get the Mexico, the Canada, the Honduras, the Costa, the Costa Rica, the Guatemala, the Salvador. You're not getting it any of that either because you're also not playing in the World Cup qualifiers. Neither is Mexico, though. Yeah, neither. Okay. Yeah, but are you worried about Mexico? Or are you worried about the U.S.? I'm worried about the U.S., but I'm right. saying we might have to go play Mexico ten times. But that's my because like, so, so then, because Mexico. So then, but now you're gonna play. So you're gonna play. So potentially, you're only really left open to playing a three team tournament, three team round robin against Canada and Mexico. Both both teams that didn't make it out of the group stage either, or or well, the U.S. did, but both teams that didn't make it out of the group stage and. Canada potentially severely underperformed in comparison to what everybody expected them to do. And Mexico is in on fire. Yeah. Because of like what happened. Tata Martino can't go ever step back into the country and all that other stuff. Right. Like, so now the, the rumors or the potential of whether it's factual or not, that the 2024 Copa America is going to be played in the U S because Ecuador backed out and they're going to invite Mexico and Canada 
brings the level of competition that's potentially needed for the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that, I mean, you just got to get creative. I think that's that's the test U.S. soccer has to have is how do I get this camp together and how do I play against the highest level of competition that I can um, leading up to the next World Cup? Because we can't use the excuse of World Cup not having World Cup qualifying. Yeah. Um, no, we didn't play that many. We'll deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> you should be fresher. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Um, I mean, looking at the 2026 World Cup, those 16 slots are very interesting where they added those slots. Um, well, not where they added those slots, but how many teams are coming out of each. Yeah. You got Asia coming in with eight teams. So that's four more than what they had. Mm-hmm. Africa coming in with nine teams, four more than what they had. Um, CONCACAF coming in with six teams, which is three more. So Andre Blake, we'll see you at the 2026 World Cup. Hopefully, <laughs> leave your boy at home. <laughs> He's coming in, man. Going on the group stage. <laughs> Europe coming in with a whopping 16 teams, yeah. which is three more than what they. If have. Italy doesn't make the World Cup, <laughs> well, Italy, you might as well. Uh, Erling, you might as well leave the U. Erling, Erling, better make it to the World Cup. Your boy Erling should 16. I know, I know there's a lot of countries in Europe, but 16. Yeah. Him and Odegaard should be able to get them. So how many, how many make it now? 40 out of what? No, like in the, how many, how many European 13. So that's three more, three more. Well, if you think about it, right. Who got left out? Uh, Ukraine, Ukraine, Italy, Scotland. Mm, no. Oh, no. Ireland. Northern Ireland? Uh, no. It was, uh, it was, uh, well, Russia got kicked out, but it was Ukraine, um, Italy, North Macedonia were in that, were in that like playoff thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, I mean, Italy now, I mean, if, if you can't make it out of 16 teams in UEFA, man, then. You might as well leave UEFA and see if you can do the Australia move and join. See if you can come. See if you can get <laughs> take, an island take, off the US. Well, no, take take Australia spot and go play down in, uh, in Oceania, man. Well, they got two slots now, or no? Sorry, they have one slot. Oceania has one full one, slot because before they've only had one a, a half slot. Yeah, so they're guaranteed a team North America or South America, adding two spots, so they have six. Um, so it's interesting to see in this article who would have qualified. Actually, they have it right here. So it would have been North Macedonia, yep. Sweden, and Ukraine. Sweden, that's what it was. Yep, they got this right in this article. Yep. And then South America would have been Chile, Colombia, and Peru. Luis. <laughs> um, all right, before we before we move on, I want to give you I want to give you a couple facts of the World Cup so Africa far. Africa would have been interesting too. Algeria, Egypt, and Nigeria. That would have been really that would have been three strong countries right there. Should have would have been seen Mo Salah and Mares. Right? Mares, yeah. Um, all right. So, um, Messi becomes the um top Argentinian scorer for the World Cup, beating Gabriel Batistuta. Never heard of him. You never heard of Gabriel Batistuta? No. Wow, your life is sad. Um, <laughs> Estados Unidos. Um. Spain, uh, Gavi, Gavi, Gavi becomes the first player in 2004 that was born in 2004 to score a goal in the World Cup. Man, shout out to those 2004 players that just graduated <laughs> um, from Delaware Union. 
Uh, Olivia Giroud becomes France's all-time leading scorer, consider, and it's crazy considering he didn't score a single goal in the 2018 World Cup. Crazy, right? Uh, um, beating yeah. beating your cousin, uh, yeah. Thierry Henry. So sad news. Sad news. Uh, Hugo Lloris uh, becomes France's uh, top all-time top appearance maker, 143 caps. Actually, sorry, 144, and this will be 145 on Sunday. So if he doesn't get the camel disease or whatever they have going around. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, Iñaki and Nico Williams become the first full siblings to play in the same World Cup. Yeah. For different countries. Um, uh, we knew about Qatar being the first uh, first host nation to lose their opening match. The worst host nation ever, I think. <laughs> Pretty bad. Um, uh, so record draws at the World Cup. Um, more than any other World Cup. But uh, England now has the leading World Cup draws ever. 22 uh draws in the world cup in their history stop scoring or they don't score goals they need to stop giving up goals um enter valencia from ecuador becoming only the fourth man ever to score six consecutive goals for his country in the world cup for his like country six consecutive games or just the goals in a row in a row wow without any other player scoring for that country in the world cup he's that guy any and he and and Ecuador didn't play in the 2018 World Cup. He's that guy. So he went 14-22. Hey, he's one of those players that you need, right? You just put him on the field. He'll, he'll get you a goal. The other the other, other three players, or the other three players, Eusebio from Portugal, Paolo Rossi from Italy, and uh, Oleg Selenko. From Hungary? No, Russia. Russia. Oh, um, yeah. We don't speak about that country. Pepe. Oldest man. Second oldest outfield player uh, and goal scorer. Uh, oldest oldest player uh, to ever play in the World Cup. Goalkeeper from Egypt, Assam El Hadari, 45 years old in the 2018 World Cup. <laughs> well, you know, that record could have been broken if um, another country would have made it. It might have brought in Gianluigi. It probably would have brought both Gianluigi's. <laughs> Buffon and uh, Donnarumma and Donnarumma. Uh, Stephanie Frappart, we talked about it. First woman in history to referee a men's World Cup match. Um, Marcus Rashford scores England's 100th World Cup goal from the bench. From the bench. From the bench. Yeah. It's crazy when you talk about Marcus Rashford coming off the bench. Yeah. And that was, and this is, and I think that might have been the one that he scored on the free kick, free kick? which. Not very. I think it's only been four free kick goals in the entire World Cup. And England scored like two in the same game. Yeah, or Marcus Rashford has two, something like that. Um, Cody Gamp, uh, Gapko, Gap, sorry, Gapo, uh, from the Netherlands, um, becomes the first ever Dutch player to score in all of the group stage games for the in the World Cup. Um, Stephen uh, Mandanda, or sorry, Steve Mandanda. Goalkeeper for France. France. Oldest uh, French player to play in the national team. Has he played, though? He did. He played the last game when they lost oh. <laughs> to Tunisia. Uh, yeah, they, put in, their, they yep. put in their B team. Yep. 37 years old. 
Uh, Danny Alves becomes the oldest Brazilian captain ever at 39 years old. Uh, the previous record holder, Thiago Silva, at 38. <laughs> oh, so he surpassed him in the same World Cup? <laughs> yeah, basically. See you guys in 2026. I mean, because basically at that point, Thiago Silva was making records every time he stepped on the field. Right. <laughs> and Danny said, hold on, step aside a little, man. <laughs> um, we let, talked about Morocco already. Let the old head through. Um, uh, Gonzalo Ramos. Hat trick. First hat trick of the World Cup. Actually, only hat trick of the World Cup. Only hat trick. Um, 18 yellow cards in the Argentina Netherlands game. Uh, record. Previous record, 12 yellow cards, which was in the um, US Mexico World Cup game. No, no. Senegal, Uruguay, and Cameroon, Germany in, in, in this World Cup. Oh, that's interesting. And also 12 yellow cards in the um, Spain Netherlands final 2010. No, that's like that's when I think of like a bunch of yellow cards. I feel like two teams that like play each other or like would clash. Or do you remember? Do you remember the 2006? I think it was 2006 World Cup where it was Portugal against Spain. I think like that's a game that you would expect. Like Portugal, Spain, and one player was yellow carded three times. Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> and he still got to keep playing. They didn't realize that he yellow carded. Yeah. Racist. <laughs> um, Brazil had a 17 groups game unbeaten streak before losing to Cameroon. Cameroon also the first Afri- first time the African team has beat Brazil. Brazil. Yep. Canada became the 76th different team to score in a World Cup. <laughs> Did Wales score? Mm, yeah. Against okay, the US. So they probably like the 75th. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. You know who, who couldn't have been, who could have been the seventy seventh minute score? What the Qatar score? No. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it could have been the seventy seventh. Alfonso Davies from Canada scores the fastest goal so far in the World Cup. Seventy seconds into the game against Croatia, probably the fastest player in the World Cup. <laughs> Might be. That'd be great. What if we? What if you did a? Here's a. All right. In typical U.S. fashion, uh, this is this this would be this would be par for the course for a U.S. World Cup considering the what is it going to be 48 teams that are going to be in the world cup in 2026 yeah if you did a pre-world cup all-star weekend no where you did little things like nobody this. would do it remember what was that what was the ml uh what liga yeah. mackey's mls all-star weekend? nobody would do it before nobody would do it before the world cup you would have to try to do it after the world cup and good luck but then that become like the pro bowl that nobody watches yeah, I mean, you would have to do it. I think you would have to do it after the group stage and take the teams that got eliminated in the group stage and try to get them. But like, could you imagine? You do that, could you imagine if you did like, if you did like races? If you did, if you did some yeah. racing, I mean, like you could have Mbappe done the, against Alfonso Davies. Well, Mbappe made it through. Davies would have been racist. Could you imagine what Bayern Munich would be thankful to have that because Manuel Neuer wouldn't have gone skiing and he would have been at the <laughs> he would have been at the World Cup. That's the, true. The Manuel, World Bowl. Emmanuel Neuer out for the rest of the season. Going skiing, dude. Because Get a snowboard. <laughs> Get a snowboard, man. Uh, yeah, but like he would have been on the like longest throw, and then he probably wouldn't have been on that slope that day. Yeah, he's obviously not a good skier. Um, Lionel Messi continues to hold the record for never being eliminated from a group stage tournament, both for country and club. Nice. Well, oh yeah, I guess, I guess <laughs> he Barcelona. left right before. He left right before. <laughs> right before it went downhill. Um, Mexico failed to advance out of the group stage for the first time since 1978. Dos yeah. So, um, all right. Um, 
before we move to player of the match, let's briefly talk about the fact that um, you and I now work for different clubs. Yeah, we work for different clubs. Uh, well, let's start off with uh, the, the high school girls at Delaware Union went to PA Classics. Yes, yes. Showcased themselves. Really well. Really well. Yeah, phenomenal third game. Sorry, I can't get it off the VO. I'm working through some technical difficulties. <laughs> Great game. It's still there. It exists. Just got to figure out a way to get it. Yeah, got to get it out onto the cloud. Um, but no, they played three phenomenal games. Um, you know, in my last six games with that team, I've only lost two and I've won zero. It's a trivia question. Yeah, that's not bad though. I've lost two and won zero. But I've only lost two games out of six. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> if I throw the goal differential in there and say that, you'll be like, it makes no sense. Yeah. But no, they did a great job showcasing themselves. Um, you know, possession style. We were playing, we were playing um the union style of play. Um, I just didn't have my Jordans on to coach, you know. Had the Jim Curtin look, the fly look. Speaking of Jim Curtin, Jim Curtin's gonna be it last night announced that he's gonna be at the convention. Speak, well, speaking yeah, yeah. to JP Della Camera. Uh so you know, we'll be at podcast row, so we might be able to catch him. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of guys rocking around from the union probably yeah. at at the convention um so you know hopefully we can get some guys you know they always throw the young guys to the wolves and make them do all the stuff so but it'd be cool to get like a jack mcglynn or yeah like a quinn sullivan on the podcast i'm pretty sure your boy paxton's already overseas yeah training so it'd be cool it'd be cool it'd be a good experience to maybe find somebody in the academy that we can get yeah but um yeah we'll use our connections to talk to people so that's something cool to look forward to um i'll, but- I'll pack some jordans and i'll be like yo jim let's get a pick bro <laughs> Yeah, I think it was the best, one of the best games I've seen that that group play. Um, and I feel like I felt, you know, I felt less emotional because obviously I told the players I was leaving, but um, but it was really cool to to watch them play and, and play really well. Um, but yeah, that became the last game I was ever on the sideline for a Del Rio team. Yeah, and hey, look, they played well. You know, we went for hey, look, we went out in style too. Yeah, it was got good. a free kick at the last, the last, <laughs> the last go, minute. Go, go. Send your goalkeeper forward. Yeah. You know, we were trying to get that goal because they were coming over to celebrate with Sebastian. But no, it was good. You know, it's fitting to leave at a college showcase. I mean, shout out to um classics and APL for putting that showcase on. There was a lot of coaches out Sideline there. Sideline soccer solutions. Sorry, my bad, my bad, Colt, my bad. <laughs> didn't see his soccer. I didn't see the shirt. He must have been in that uh <laughs> he must have been in the uh press box in the press box in the heat, man. He wasn't out there in the elements. But yeah, shout out to Sideline Solutions and Classics for hosting a good tournament. Good turnout with coaches. Um it was just good to see coaches everywhere. Yeah. And you know, shout out to the players for showcasing themselves. Really well. Yeah, really well. And even adapting and going into a four four two diamond so we could press a little bit. Yeah. Now, now that's my uh my trend, putting that out there for my viewers and Watch out! I'm in a four four two diamond. I'm gonna compress you. <laughs> um, Still won't beat me though. <laughs> um, and we, I mean, speaking of speaking of the four four two diamond, um, tomorrow we have diamond tryouts. Yeah, diamond tryouts. Like good old Kirkwood. Yeah, I'm excited. Taking it back. I'm excited because you know I I the fact the past this will be our third season um, with the diamonds, but it. You know, it's this is the time of the year you you look forward to seeing some of the kids. So our first shots tomorrow. We'll have another one in January. Um, so it's excited to see you know potential new players coming out, um, trying out. We you got a lot of different options. Um, so just really really cool and really excited to see what this new um, 
not new version of the diamonds, but this is a new season of the diamonds holds. Four four two diamond. We're just gonna press. It's gonna be a pressing. We're gonna be a pressing goal scoring team. Man, you're just gonna live it out there. I mean, you got you got all these coaches out there listening. You know, you got you know all the coaches from from Steel, Westmont, Lancaster, Keystone listening in. Now they just we ain't running from y'all. <laughs> Guess what? And we made the travel shorter for y'all. We coming. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have them on the podcast and talk some tactics. There you go. But hey, it might I might say four four two diamond. That doesn't mean that's what it looks like though. That's true. Um, Could be a two six one diamond, two six two diamond, three six one, three six one diamond. <laughs> I mean, we, we gotta we gotta announce our new coach. Um, and so we might be in a three six one. We might. We might. We uh, might. He might bring the Italian style of play and have the goalkeeper sitting next to the six. <laughs> um but yeah so i'm looking forward to that and um i think in the coming weeks we'll talk more about the fact that i've transitioned into or i'm transitioning into a new club or different club um it's weird to say new club because it's not a new club but it's a different club uh so i'm transitioning a different club um i think i ultimately want to want to take the time to to say thanks to personally to to all the all the coaches that i've gotten to work with at delaware union um i think for the most part uh, it was it was a really really good experience. Uh, last couple of months have been challenging personally, um, as it has has been most of this 2022 year. I feel like it's it's been a lot of like weird things that have happened to me in general, personally and professionally. Um, but realistically, you know, it's it was a time to it was a time to move on. It's a time to to um, turn the page and find some new um, ideas and you know look for look for a new home. Um, so I'm excited for when that when that comes out and get that gets announced. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I want to say thank you to to all the coaches that I've gotten to work with, all the families, all the parents um, that have trusted in in what we've done. Um, big shout out to Chad uh, for for answering an email, um, which I think is he does that. It's the most important thing, man. It's the one thing was, that. Here's the question: Was the response more than three words or one word? Was it more than one or three words? I mean, I I probably have the email. Uh, <laughs> I still do. I still have the email. Um, it, it was a really fast response, followed by a phone call conversation, um, followed by me becoming the rec director of coaching. <laughs> um, man, you got surpassed, man. So new new rec director of coaching right here. Yeah. Um, so right, we'll name, you know, I'm moving towards, uh, you know, sponsorships for fields, just like, uh, down at, uh, North Carolina. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll contact you for a sponsorship for, uh, one of our three, v three fields. <laughs> there you go. Um, What's your favorite number? <laughs> Make sure it's between one and 16, one and 16, um, <laughs> 61. <laughs> or, or you can have one for the whole season. Um, if you pick five, six or seven, there you go. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to this new chapter. Um, I, I do think I'm a different person than, than when I first stepped in, I'm a different coach. I'm a different, um, soccer professional. When I, when I started at Delaware Union seven years ago, I came in with this idea that I wanted to become a, a full-time soccer person, not really a hundred percent sure and knowing what that, knowing what that meant. Um, I, I don't think anybody knows what that means to be no, a full time soccer player yeah, because no, it can mean it can mean different things club can. by club, right? Like, and uh, in and in those years, you know, it, it changed. Um, no, absolutely, you got to change. It became it became from me wanting to be a college coach to me being you know the coaching at the highest possible level to then ultimately becoming 
the idea of being an administrator or a you know executive director of a club or something like that um and in the future so i think i'm looking forward to that um to that next chapter you know new goals new things to reach to uh or reach for um so and i want to say thanks to my family um i feel like it's again like i said it's been a tough uh last couple months and tough year in general but um but ultimately i think without the support of of you know my wife my kids my parents my sister um and i think my closest friends you know you being on this table too but um it, it helps yeah it definitely helps um uh to be able to talk to people um big shout out to fields brown for for always being there when i needed him are there um, any arsenal players playing in the world cup final uh probably not <laughs> i mean Daniel martinez might be the closest thing you have to be an arsenal player. You, got, you got there there's arsenal shots in there man <laughs> no 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 well playing or on the team both saliba is on uh, uh on france. france so is kareem benzema who's rumored to play kareem benzema is at home rumored that he could fly in because no. he was never removed from the roster he was never he removed no but he has been training rumored no no it's not happening i didn't say i knew somebody that said he was going to play it's not it's happening i looked at it tomorrow man it was it was on this channel right here that we're watching right now it, it's not happening hey man you, you never you just i'm just saying you gotta, just, just saying listen, when you play cards you gotta keep a card hidden i'm just saying it's not it's not happening 85th um, minute need a goal it ain't happening. Put in your hero. <laughs> that's a that's a story to write. Hey, I skipped the whole World Cup. My teammate to the final. I no scored way. the game winning goal. No way. One game, one goal. Um. Uh. All right. Player of the match. Oh, uh, hold on. Go back. Right. Going back to the pro coach thing. If you want to be a professional coach, you got to have those balls lined up like these coaches do, and the pennies. That's that's some work. It does. Yeah. That is. That ain't, that ain't coaching. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't want. I don't want. I ain't organizing no balls and no pennies, man. I want coach. <laughs> But tell Messi about himself. <laughs> um, all right. Player of the match. Player of the match. Give it out to the high school girls. Man, they played well. Yeah. Give it out to the high school girls. Yeah. Played well. Um, actually, really more specifically, uh, I'm gonna give it out to Gianna for stepping up and playing keeper at a showcase. I yep. know it was difficult. Um, but you know, she stepped up for a team, realized like, hey, someone, you know, someone's gotta be in the goal, someone's gotta wear that shirt. <laughs> Doesn't matter who you could go play as a forward and wear that shirt. Just don't give up any goals. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, for stepping up. But no, the, the high school girls collectively, you know, they did a great job. Um. One just trusting me. I know you know, especially me and Chad, but just trusting me from the start to, you know, build them into something, and then just being able to trust the process. Like I told them, hey, look, I'll give you a tournament. You can go compete and win, but you also have to come back and showcase yourself. Yeah. So they won a tournament back in October, but now you got to showcase yourself. Yeah. Showcase season. Showcase season. Um, my player of the match, um, I think is going to go out to Julian Alvarez, um, scoring two goals in a world cup semifinal that hasn't been done since Pele for a player on the 2020, 22 years old. Um, I just think the fact that nobody expected this kid to start, nobody expected this kid to play much. And all of a sudden he's, you know, he's a beast. he came off and he came on the second half of the first game and has yet to, you know not be on in the starting lineup since i mean sometimes you gotta like I, and i know it's difficult with the whole like he doesn't play a lot well he plays a lot at city but doesn't play as much as he could yeah sometimes you just gotta trust your gut and go to put the best lineup out there and say yeah. all right we'll make adjustments from there well because i think defensively he brings a different level than lautaro martinez can yes but you know who's not coming off the field mcallister <laughs> 
Um, all right. On this day in soccer history, um, December 16th, 1899, bringing it back all the way back to 1899 before the 1900s, uh, right before the 1900s, literally like, you know, four, 15 days before the 1900s. Um, you know, Herbert, uh, I don't know nobody Kil- named Herbert or Alfred Kilpin or Alfred Edwards. <laughs> I never met nobody named Herbert or Alfred. Man, that's some old names. Well, well, they were English expats <laughs> that were living in Milano, um, which is Milan, and they started the Milan Cricket and Football Club, which is now known as AC Milan. Oh snap! Um, shout so, out yeah. to the boys of Vincenzo's down in Dover. They love them some AC Milan. Well, so it's interesting because uh, throughout the years, uh, AC Milan has kept their name and get back kept their English roots to a certain extent, even though they've uh, they you know the Italian spelling is Milano, Athletic Club de Milano. Yeah, uh, famous AC Milan players for you kids out there that might not know AC Milan as well because AC Milan is not the AC Milan of of before. David Beckham, David Beckham, Paolo, Maldini, Paolo Maldini. Who? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Daniel Maldini, uh, Paolo Maldini, and Daniel, and Daniel, and the dad and the grandpa, whatever his name was, um, Big Paolo, Kaka, hey, Slatan, uh, currently playing, um, Van Basten, Marco Van Basten, that's that Corver, it goes that Corver move, <laughs> uh, Franco Baresi, um, Alessandro Nesta, Filippo Inzaghi. Oh yeah. Now you're going back to 2006. Yeah. Uh yeah. Clarence Seedorf. Yeah, that's a beast. Dida. Dida. Brazil. Cafu. All in Brazil, boys. Four letter names. George Weah. Oh, and there's a trivia question. Who's his son? Yeah. Who is his son? Um He's famous. He is famous. Yeah. Timmy Weah's dad right there. Um Frank Kessie, currently playing there. Actually, no, played played there before. No, he's at Barcelona, Barcelona now, yeah. yeah. Frank Reichard. Who? Frank Reichard. Barcelona coach before Pep. Mm, nah, I wasn't really watching too much soccer back then. Didn't have the channels. Okay. All right. Um, Listen, my mom lived in the Stone Age. She was cool with the three channels being on TV. <laughs> Roberto Baggio. Gianluigi Donnarumma. Gianluigi. Alexander Pato. Yo, he was a beast for like five minutes. He was a beast for a long time. For like five minutes. He's in MLS <laughs> now, isn't he? Yeah, Orlando. Yeah, I remember booing him. Um, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Uh hey, Carlo Ancelotti. Did he play there? He played there. He played he at probably AC started, Milan, He man. probably started the club. <laughs> I think you missed his name or Herbert. <laughs> Herbert, Herbert, man. Herbert recruited him. <laughs> you coach i'm still trying to play (laughs) herbert all right uh so yeah so 1899 december 16th 1899 all right fair play of the week um my fair play of the week um is going to go out to um i mean it's gonna go out to you yeah it's gonna it's gonna go to you um because the last couple of years, you and I have worked very close outside of podcast, very close together um, on a lot of stuff from the club standpoint. Um, and and it's been really fun to to have somebody alongside me that 
was passionate about it as much as I was and understood it as much as I did. Uh, so it was really cool to be able to bounce ideas off and, and things like that. So thank you. I think you helped me um, probably unknowingly. You helped me. Um, I hope you get that award sitting underneath your TV. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no. You're welcome. Yeah, there you go. That should have been the speech. There you go. No, no, no. Uh, no, uh, no, you help. No, you help me. You help me let go of things. I appreciate it. Cause sometimes I, I struggle at the idea of letting others do things. Yeah. Um, and you help me trust in, uh, in that. So that's uh, a, yeah, so it's I'll a, throw it back at you. You're my fair player, fair player of the week. Um, well, with Chad, you know, I sent Chad a Facebook message to come to the club, but ultimately if it, you know, Chad, he passes on to somebody else. So I passed on to Sebastian yep. and for, you know, trusting me to, take a team and then trusted me to work with other teams and build me up to the coach I am today. You know, I get a lot of credit from you know different people that see what I do, but at the end of the day, you got to give credit to the people that, you know, mentored you and brought you up. So, you know, shout out to you and Chad. Thanks, man. Wow. Well, and that's happy episode away. <laughs> yeah, this is too, this is too happy for me. Too much, too much, too we much. Next week, we're going to go to an angry episode. <laughs> we're going to be throwing shots. We're going to be, going to be, yelling at people especially if argentina loses we might not record oh boy i don't know next week holy moly next week i'm recording from argentina yeah i mean next week it's christmas too i guess how many people have christmas shop <laughs> uh next week next week i am recording from argentina uh first time internationally where i'm going to be internationally or one of us is internationally we talked about yeah, i might fly to canada uh, that's fine canada. then all right then uh i'm drive, gonna fly to Can- drive to puerto rico i'm gonna fly to canada too my drive to Jamaica. Drop. All right. You got you got Subi Subi's underwater. Subi's underwater. Um Subi to, stands for submarine. I might have to ask our next podcast podcast guest if he could help me with some uh Christmas gifts. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there you go, man. There you go. Now now you're thinking. Uh, well, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DE Soccer Podcast at the Soccer Podcast. We're gonna be at Podcast Row at the convention January 11th through the 15th. So make sure you come out and say hello, jump in um send us a message whatever you want to do we'll make sure there. you have credentials to come in and say hello don't be like running from people and, and looking <laughs> for us know, we won't know you <laughs> yeah we don't be trying to like look for us to like no, help we, you out no, we won't know you no, no no all right well thanks for joining us this week and remember always receive the ball on your front foot